your friends really do determine the quality and direction of your life. And maybe nowhere is that more true than in the area of your character and the way you think and some of those kind of things. But one of those pieces of character is how you handle your money. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Welcome to Chasing Greatness. Thanks for listening to the show. I hope you'll share it with your friends. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, push that video out to someone you know that, that could uh, use some encouragement this week, maybe even use some challenge this week, maybe somebody who's struggling financially who needs a little bit of help, and, and maybe somebody that, that you need to encourage yourself. I hope this will be of value to them. We're going to have a great show today. We're going to talk about this idea of together is better that we've been talking about, but we're going we're gonna to talk about it specifically in the area of finances today. So how you doing? How you doing with your money today? I want to talk about your money a little bit. Do you have as much as you need? Do you have more than you need? Do you have less than you need? Like, like how are you doing when it comes to your financial plan? Now, I want to be clear here. I'm not a financial planner, but I, I'm just like you. I live in a world where money is important. We got to think about it. We got to make sure we take care of it. We want to have enough to live on, but we also want to have more than enough to live on. Because we, if we're going to chase greatness, we want to make sure that we've got enough for ourselves, but also enough to be able to invest in other people, other projects, other things. And so there's a lot that goes down when we think about our money. And yet, if we think about it by ourselves and we don't have really anybody to learn from, anybody to talk to about it, and we really, if we're not careful, we won't. We'll just kind of go with the flow and you know, they got one of those. So we probably need one kind of mindset. And that's not really going to get you to where you want to go. So we want to be strategic when we think about our resources, uh, not just sporadic. You know, we use that language sometimes. We want to have a target, a bullseye, a focus. And so as you think about your money, what are you really trying to accomplish? How much do you need? And why do you need it? What's your motive about that? And honestly, who's helping you think about that? Who around your life are you able to lean into and learn from when it comes to your money? So uh, that, that really is our, our topic today, and I want to go back to a quote I read years ago from, I think it was Jim Rohn, the motivational speaker, uh, before he died. He, he, uh, he made this statement, you're the average of the five people that you're closest to. And there are articles written about this and those kind of things, and, and I, I heard somebody say one time, you can take the five people you're closest to add up their salaries, divide it by five, and your salary is probably within $10,000 or whatever that number is. So you take your five average people that you know, you spend the most time with, and you're, you're basically, you, you might even be able to say your net worth, your, your salary, your income, all those kind of things. That may or may not be true. I mean, I've got friends who make a lot more money than I do. I got friends who make a lot less money than I do. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure that you can take five people and say that, you know, is, is the way to think about that. But here's what I would say. The people that I hang out with the most, they really do determine a lot about the way I think about money. They determine a lot the, uh, uh, the way I think about uh, resources and stewardship and some of those kind of things. And so I, I'm guessing that's true for you as well. There probably is some truth to your salary is kind of like your friend's salary. I mean, that, that there probably is some truth to that. But I'm telling you this, it, you're... Your level of, um, of generosity is very similar to the people you're closest to. If you're struggling to be generous, it's probably because you're not around a lot of generous people. If you're around generous people, it, it, it's going to cause you to challenge your assumptions that you need more and you want to keep more and all those kind of things. 
you're going to see needs differently if you're around people who see needs around them. And so when we think about chasing greatness, that's what we've been talking about these last few weeks. Uh, I want us to remind ourselves that this is not just about growing a, a, a massive uh, a massive amount of wealth in this scenario, but this really is about being able to help other people, to encourage other people, to use your resources to add value, all those kind of things. And so let's think about how we're affected by those people. So I want to rewind the tape, and I want to think about some of the people who have helped me think about finances in, a, in, in the way I do today. And I would go back to uh, two groups of people that are <laughs> have been very influential in the way I think about money uh, today, and that would be my parents and my wife's parents. And they're very... Um, different in some ways, but very similar in some ways. Three of the four are no longer with us, uh, but we both learned a lot about uh, the, the way we think about money from our parents. We, were, we grew up in homes where uh, we were just pretty average middle class. My dad worked with a utility company. My mom worked in the school system. My wife's mom was a school teacher and her dad was a farmer. And so just pretty middle class you know, families, uh, all American kind of, you know, family, uh, situation. Both of them, both couples stayed married over 50 years, long time. That was cool. And I think there's some things about that, that really, uh, about even being together for a long time that really helped them. Uh, when they, when you think about the way they handled their resources, their money, you're married to somebody for a long time. I've been, you know, we're going on 34 years here ourselves and so you're going to have lots of opportunities in 30-plus years to have conversations about finances and those kind of things. And so one of the things I would say is if you're married and you have a spouse, uh, well, if you're married, you do have a spouse, uh, that you would make sure that you're on the same page when you think about your values, some of those kind of things. But money is one of those big things that causes a lot of stress in relationships. And so, again, it determines the quality and direction of your life. But here's what I've noticed. Many times a saver is married to a spender or, or a spender is married to a saver, depending on which one you are. It's very uh, rare that you have two savers. Sometimes you do. And uh, it's, it's also very rare that you have two spenders and that you have any money. Because if you have two spenders, it's just all going out much faster than it's coming in. So when you think about uh, you know the people around your life, they are affecting the way you're handling your money. And, and some of that goes back to in my case, my parents, I think about the, the values about money that they taught me. And so when you're we're thinking together is better, you want to have some people around your life that have some values that that you want to share, that you want to embrace. And I'll give you some of those values that I was taught. You know, you've heard these before. You're, maybe your parents or your grandparents or you had a friend or somebody who, who believes some of these same things. Uh, I, I'm, I am just such a firm believer in some of these things that my mom and dad taught me. Uh, number one, you, you spend less than you make. You know, you just want to make sure that you're spending less than you're, you're making. And yet, how many of us are affected by the people around us? We see they have something. We think we need that. And the next thing you know, we take on debt even sometimes because others seem to take on debt, have a view of debt. And I'm not here to tell you what you ought to think about debt, but I'm telling you this. If you're in debt, uh, it, it is there is a burden to that. I mean, it is like you, you always feel like you owe someone something. And so I would just encourage you to have people around you 
who are uh, going to encourage you to to think about debt correctly. You really don't want to be in debt if you can help that. I mean, it is just there, there's an old proverb that says the borrower is slave to the lender, and I think there's uh, there, there really is a lot of truth to that. Like if you if you have people that you owe, you are always going to feel uh, indebted to use that word, and so. We actually just have people around us are going to accept us for who we are. We're able to accept them. And so, again, think about together is better. It is so important for us to uh, have the right people around us when we think about uh, when we think about debt and comparison and, and some of those kind of things. It is Life is too short to be comparing yourself to everybody else. You don't have to impress. You don't have to <laughs> – all those kind of things. It is so crazy for us to uh, – what, what's the old saying that uh, so many times we spend our – spend our time trying to get stuff that we don't need to impress people that we don't like. And I don't know if you, you want to think about the people around you that you don't like them. Hopefully that's, that's not the way you think about them, but you really don't have to impress people. You don't really have to have stuff to cause people uh, to like you. And so for some of you listening, it just will be very freeing for you to you to flip that switch. We talked about last week, just go, you know what? I got to have people around me that will accept me for who I am. I don't have to impress them. I, I, I think back to some of those values you know, it's it just spend less than you make. Do not go in debt to, to, to have more stuff. You honestly become a slave to your stuff if, you're, if, you, if you think about it. If you have it, you got to take care of it. There's nothing wrong with having stuff. But if you don't need it, then, you know, pass on that and, you, and your resources can uh, continue to grow. So when I think about that, one of those principles is just spend less than you make. Here's, here's another thing my parents taught me was you, you – uh, uh, you save before you spend. You save before you spend. I think that's really good. And, and so do you have people around you that are, that are savers? Do you have some people that would encourage you to save before they would encourage you to spend? Go back to that conversation a second ago. You know, like you're trying to impress people. No, it, it, it's good to have some people around you that are, that are savers. They're thinking into the future. We did some uh, work years ago on, uh, on, on, how to attract top talent in organizations. Our company, we work with all kinds of leaders and organizations, teams. And one of the things they're always looking for is they're looking for top talent. They're looking for people who are, uh, they're, 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 the way we would say it, they're, they're looking for exceptional talent, not just acceptable talent. When you look at your payroll, if, you're a, if you have people on your team, you don't want people that are just acceptable. You want exceptional people. So what is it that separates those best of the best? And one of the things we discovered in the research we did was that the best of the best are much more future thinking. They are much more not just for Friday's paycheck, but they're thinking five years ahead, ten years ahead, promotions, retirement. They're, I mean, they've got a plan, a long-range view of their life. And I think there's something about a person who, who understands if I save today, it's going to be available later. Or as a financial guy, guru, I guess you would say, Dave Ramsey always says, if I'll live like no one else now, I get to live like no one else later, which basically what he's saying is if I'll say no now, I get to say yes later to some things. And so how many times have you uh, said no lately when, it, when, when a financial opportunity came up or, or, a, or a, I wouldn't say a financial opportunity, I say a chance to spend something. You're like, no, we're not going to go eat out four times this week. We're going to go out and eat one time this week. And we're going to save the other three times. Or we're going to go out and eat none this week. We're going to eat in and have time around the table with our family. And so all those things, if you've got a community of people around you who, who think a certain way, you're going to find yourself spending like they spend, 
or saving like they save or don't save in, in this case if, if they're not savers. And so find yourself some people around you who are going to be like-minded when it comes to the way you handle your money. And then another thing my parents taught me, and I think this has been a uh, just really great uh lesson that I learned was that we would that we would give and be and and not just give they, they wanted to push us to the idea of being generous to be able to help other people that if we have some that we would be able to to share some and so I don't know what that looks like for you I hope you have a generosity mindset but there's there is something about uh, an abundant mindset versus a scarcity mindset if I'm always afraid, Things are not going to work out, and I'm holding on and clinging to. That is a, what is that? That's a miser. That's a miser mindset. And 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 in case you didn't know, the word miser, it it comes from. I mean, it's the same root word as our word miserable. I think there's something about selfishness that just ultimately makes us miserable. And so, I want to encourage you to have open hands with your your resources, your money that you would not just be a, a taker, but you would actually be a sharer. Uh, and, and when I say uh, a giver, even push it to the level of where you say, I want to be not just a giver, but I want to be generous. I want to be a, a person who wants to give, a person who wants to share, a person who wants to add value. So as you begin to think about the people around your life, you know, what are their spending habits? What are their saving habits? What are their generosity habits? Some of those kinds of things. If you've got people around you that, that are uh, destructive in the way they think about money. They're selfish in the way they think about money. They're, they're, they're not really uh, seeing their, their, their resources as an opportunity to manage and steward and take care of those things. Don't be surprised if you find yourself going down that same road where you're selfish and you're stingy and you're miserable, some of those kind of things. You're holding on too tight. And so I wanted to have this conversation to just remind you, you got to have some people around your life who are thinking the right way about money. You may or may not be, you know, at a salary level with your closest friends. I, whatever, but I'm telling you, your closest friends are affecting your character when it comes to money or your character is being determined sometimes by those people that you hang out with the most. Remember what I said last week about the chair. If I'm on this chair and I'm standing on it and you're, you're here with me on the porch, you would be able to pull me off the chair much easier than I would be able to pull you up. I can pull you up. I mean, perhaps I'd be able to pull you up, but it would be it'd be very difficult. It'd be it would be almost impossible if you were trying to pull against me for me to pull you up. You just pull me right off that chair. You could weigh much less than I do, and still you pull me right off because the inertia, that negativity, that that pull down really affects us much more than the positivity does. So you need to have a bunch of positive people around you if you're going to have one or two people who are going to drain you. And, and when it comes to this financial idea, uh, that this is so true here. We've got to have people around us that are helping us think correctly about money. So do you have a, do you have a money coach, a financial planner, somebody who's encouraging you, some, somebody who's modeling for you, uh, somebody maybe who's teaching you? And for you parents out there, I want to remind you that those lessons you teach when your kids are early, how they handle money on the front side is really going to affect uh, maybe even generational wealth down the road. I, I would also say this for uh, any parent who's, who's listening, how you model these things is going to determine really more than what you say about these things. It, it, they're going, you know, I always say they're going to do what you do, not what you say, because our, 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 uh, 
our example needs to be authentic and we need to really be truthful about it. When I look back at the things that my mom and my dad taught me and Laura's parents uh, taught her, it was, it was easy to believe those things were true because they were living like those things were true. They were spending less than they were making. They were giving, they were saving before they were spending and they were giving generously in their communities. And because of that, they were creating um, not just great things for themselves, but they were actually making things great for other people through their, their organizations that they supported and some of those kind of things, places where they were able to contribute and, and help. And, and you may be here today and you're going, I, well, I really don't have any money to give. Maybe for you, it's just, you just give some time to serve someone, but you can be generous in lots of different ways. But, but I'm, I just want to challenge you to be thinking long-term about your money, find some people that you can partner with and say, they're going to help me think about this and and I've got some people that help me. They, they you know, they're people that that have coached me and encouraged me. I've got friends that I look at them and I think, you know, how, how do you do this or why do you do that? How do you invest? How, you know, all those kinds of things. And you just learn as you go. And every time you learn, you need to you need to act on what you've learned. And when you do, all of a sudden, uh, your money begins to grow. And so, I we don't talk about this a lot. I'm not again. I'm not a financial guy at all. But I think this is important. When you think about chasing greatness, one of the things that's going to position you to be great, not wealthy, I'm not, I'm, or, or I would even say it this way, not rich. I think there's a di difference in being rich and being wealthy. I know a lot of people who I would say they're wealthy who, who are, are, they don't have a lot of money. I mean, however you want to say that. They, and then I know a lot of people have a lot of money and they're miserable. I mean, they are misers in the way they think about their life. They don't have... The, the right people around them still. So you can, you can have a lot and still not be thinking correctly about these things. Uh, you're still probably leaving uh, some opportunity for influence and impact on the table if you don't have the right people around you. So I just want to challenge you to, to think this week about how you handle your resources. Together is better. Uh, the, 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 the ability and the heart to share is better than the, the ability to be selfish and to take you may or may not believe it, but I'm just telling you, if you are, you find yourself, you got stuff, but you're still miserable, it may be because you've isolated the people around your life. You're not really looking for opportunities to help others. And if you'll do that, I'm, I'm just telling you from experience, it, it's so, uh, it, it just, it brings you joy to be able to know you're helping other people. Uh, and and then there's money in the bank and you don't have to worry about, you know, where's my next meal going to come from or where's my next month going to come from or that we've got all this debt and all these kind of things. So I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to avoid this conversation. I think it's important. I think one of the things that we underestimate is how important finances are. Uh, for those of you who are uh, people of faith and you, you're, you, you guys know, I've, I've shared with you before that I love to read the Bible actually the Bible talks as much about money as it does about prayer or faith, which sounds kind of crazy when you think about it, but I think one of the, or the New Testament does, I think one of the things that Jesus knew when he taught on earth was that this resource challenge was going to always be a challenge. We're going to always have this tendency to be greedy and to be selfish and to take if we're not careful and, and, and to be in debt to people uh, or, or to organizations, whatever. And so I, did, I think all that teaching in Scripture about that is just, it's just so liberating when we begin to live our lives according to those biblical principles. Uh, the truth really is what sets us free. And there's, there's so many great things that are, that are taught there. Uh, it, you know, one of the things Jesus said was, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? And like, you can have all this stuff, and if that stuff has you, 
Uh, I think that's, that's a hard place to be emotionally. And then there's this other place where uh, this guy named Paul wrote, wrote these words. He says, he says, so many people have pierced themselves with many griefs when he's writing about this idea of, of the love of money. It's, it's like, you know, so, so when we talk about money today, I'm not talking about the love. The love of money can, uh, it's, it's, it's like, you know, think about that idea of piercing yourself. I mean, that'd be totally stupid for me to stab myself. But, and yet some of us do that figuratively when it comes to our money. We have just put all this grief in our life because we are, you know, we're, we're piercing ourselves because we love stuff, we love money, we don't understand what money is and how it works. And so get some people around you that are going to help you with that. If you will, not only will you be great, you can help others be great. And really, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to chase greatness. We want to make sure we understand the definition of that. It's not just about, you know, can I be famous or all that. That's not what it's about at all. It has nothing to do with that. It really is about adding value to others, being a servant leader, all those things that, that are going to ultimately not just bring uh, others benefit around you, but they're going to actually bring you the most joy as well. So until next week, keep chasing greatness. Find some people around you that are going to help you with, with your stuff, you know, or, or maybe to help you eliminate some of your stuff. And really, let's work to, to make sure that we steward and take care of all that we've been entrusted with. We'll see you guys next week.